to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Morning. Everyone doing good? Great. Why don't you take uh, one minute to mingle, say hello to people around you, introduce yourself, handshake, high five, hug, whatever is appropriate. That was 22 seconds. You've got another 38 and I did that maths all by myself. Good. Oh, you're obviously ready for God's word then. And uh, it's great to be together this morning. Uh, and uh, if you're here for the first time, I want to give you a big welcome. We have this um, uh, sign, slogan, all over our campuses, wherever we have Icon Church called Welcome Home. And it's not just a nice sign or slogan. We really believe that this place can be home for many, many people. And I uh, also want to encourage you, even if you're in this place and you don't believe, it's a place where you can belong. And so come on, church, let's welcome all those here with us. Oh, it's good. And um, we just come out of a great series called AIM. Uh, for the last four weeks in our morning services, our lead pastor Paul, who is away today, he's speaking uh, at another church today. He's actually doing two services this morning. He's speaking in one church service, one of their locations, and then traveling to their next location to speak. And so um, he's got a busier morning than me. And uh, But uh, he, he brought this incredible series called AIM, and each week built on uh, the following week, and so for the last four weeks. And so if you missed any of that, uh, you can get that on YouTube, our podcasts, and uh, I want to really encourage you to get that, but also uh, we're doing that throughout our Connect groups as well, and so um, be in Connect when you have Connect and, and get stuck into that, because that was a great, great start to the year. So there's no pressure on me today, um, not at all, honestly. Um, like... Um, Sometimes you get given uh, like a, a part of a series, you get given a title or speak from this. This week is it's kind of like uh, free for all. Uh, do, do what you want kind of thing, uh, what God's speaking to you. So anything could happen and it probably will. Um, but uh, I want to speak uh, from this scripture in Mark 8 uh, verses 22 to 26. And this is a story uh, about Jesus and, uh, and so let's read it together. If you've not got your Bible, it'll come up on the uh, big electronic Bible behind me. Uh, there's a, a granddad joke there for you, Gav. Um, there you go. Uh, it says this, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Everyone say, touch him. You're going to help me preach this morning. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes... I know, weird, right? Like, let, let, let's just declare it. It's weird. And put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His heart, sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go into the village 
Uh, I want to I speak from uh, the, the title for those who are taking notes, 65% of people who take notes enter heaven. It's a made up statistic by me, uh, called The Next Touch. The Next Touch. Let me pray and then we'll get into this. Lord, we thank you that you're in this place. And we just open our hearts to your word right now. Pray that you'll speak to us, God. Let us pray that uh, you would uh, move in our lives and that we would know you more today. That we would walk from this place knowing your grace and your love and your compassion for us. Pray that we would know your peace and we would uh, uh, come to know you in a new and a fresh way today. And so we thank you for today. We thank you that you're for us. And if you're for us, nothing can stand against us. And so we give you all honour, all glory and all praise. And all the church said, Amen. Um, like, I don't know if you're like me, but I wonder if you've ever asked the question or ever thought, uh, I kind of want to get more out of life. Like, I want to do more in the 24 hours each day that I've got. I, I want to get more out of life. Just me or anybody else. Think about that. And uh, I've been on a bit of a productivity journey of how do I become a little bit more pro, uh, productive? How do I uh, do more with my day? How do I do more with my life? How do I get more stuff done? Anyone with me? And uh, begin to do that. And so I've read a few books and uh, gone down YouTube wormholes and different things. And recently I saw a video and read a book that uh, talked about this principle of don't touch it twice. Don't touch it twice. And so the principle is that uh, if you get something, maybe it's a to-do list or maybe it's something you have to do or maybe it's a bill to pay and you've got it in your hands or on your phone or wherever you might see it, it's a case of don't put it down, deal with it then, okay? But anyone like me, you're a good procrastinator. We'll have a prayer service for us afterwards and uh, deliverance from procrastination. Um, but like you, you get something and you think, oh yeah, I'll deal with that later and you put it down and then uh, maybe a day goes by or something and you pick it up again and you look at it and you spend another couple of minutes looking at it thinking I've got to deal with this. And uh, if you're like me, you think, oh, I'll put it in my bag and I'll deal with that when I get it out of my bag and then um, it stays in my bag. <laughs> and... You know, how many of us know the more we put something off, the more stress we get and the more like, the more work we have to do. And, uh, you know, it, it, it like becomes this. Uh, in this story, Jesus didn't um, take on the principle of don't touch it twice. You know, the man being healed, they actually touched him twice. He touched him twice. And many times we can ask ourselves the question, just like I've been asking myself, is this it? Maybe we can ask it around our relationship with God. Is this all that God's got for me? Is this everything that God's got for me? Uh, you know, am I, am I just going to see this for the rest of my life? And we can live in, we, we can settle for unfinished business. We can settle in our lives for, um, you know, something less than what God has for us. And, and so many times we can live in this moment of, is this it or this is it? This is all I've got. Oftentimes when it comes to our soul, unlike productivity, it needs a touch from God again. It needs a next touch from God. It needs God to constantly touch our soul. This story that we read earlier 
in Mark is only found in Mark's gospel, which makes me um, think more about it. Actually read it in a little bit more detail in the fact of I can only find it in Mark's account of Jesus's life. And it's the only time that actually uh, a miracle performed by Jesus that's recorded was done in movements was done in stages. Every single miracle that has happened with Jesus is like one moment, one moment, one touch, one, one, like one encounter. You got a story of a woman who has had an issue for years and years and years. And she has this thought, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She touches it. And in that one moment, she's healed. But not for this guy who's blind. He, it's like, he, it's touched by God. And then it's like, no, there's not a full healing. And he's touched again by God. It was done in phases. And the miracle wasn't done after the spit. I'm going to leave you in suspense. I'll talk about the spit in a bit. I'll leave you in suspense. So it keeps you awake. It seems like a factory shop miracle. You know, factory shops where you go and you kind of get, you know, they're genuine but they're not quite as good as the proper shop ones. You go to the factory shop, it's like, it's B-grade. It's like, you know, it's a B-grade miracle. It feels like that. And so the, the question, well, sometimes we ask the question, what's happening here? But maybe we have to ask the question, what's not happening here? What's not happening here? This is not Jesus on a bad day. This is not Jesus on a bad day. You know, he's not tired. He's not frustrated, which means he's on a bad day. He's still God in this moment. This is not Jesus on a bad day. He's not missing the mark. He's not on a bad day. He's actually teaching. He's he's not feeling uh, the pressure from the Pharisees or he's not totally frustrated with the disciples that actually it causes him to uh, have this moment of, oops, maybe I didn't quite get it right this time. Oops. Let me encourage you. Jesus isn't looking at your life going, oops. He's not looking at your life going, oops. He's got more for you. He's got greater for you. He's not looking going, oops, I think that we just missed it. Uh, we'll try and sort that out later. No, no, no. He's got more for you. Uh, Jesus meant to do this. I even believe that actually if the guy who was being healed after the first touch went, yeah, everything's perfect, even though he's seeing trees instead of people. Everything's perfect. I, I believe Jesus would have walked away. But there was something powerful, but he was always willing to touch him again. He was always willing to touch him again. I, I, I love this thought that, so these guys bring this blind man to Jesus and beg Jesus to heal him. And so Jesus leads him by the hand leads him out of the city. Why does he lead him out of the city? Well, where Jesus was, there'd been this lack of faith and, they, and he was leading him out of a place to get into a place of faith. For some of us today, we're going to have to be led out of a place to get into a place of faith so God can do something, so God can work through our faith. Realise this, whenever you read scripture and whenever, whenever you read about Jesus and God, he works through faith. He works through faith and it's our faith that begins to do it. But he does this in stages and phases in this blind man's stories. You see, Jesus is trying to get the disciples to see something, to see something. He's trying to get them to see something. And maybe today God wants to do something in your heart. 
God wants to do something in your heart. Uh, the context of this story is that before this, there was the feeding of the 4,000. You may have heard the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, but there's another feeding, a feeding of 4,000 with seven loaves, okay? I, I kind of think it's a risky miracle by Jesus in the fact of the feeding of the 5,000 uh, came before the feeding of the 4,000. Why is it risky? Because he's, he, he's bigger than that. He's done 5,000 before, now it's only 4,000. Like, it's only 4,000. I mean, I know, only 4,000. But if there were 12,000, Jesus would have fed them. That's how many were there. But sometimes we can live our lives like that. He's done this great thing, but now he's only doing this. No, no, I've got to faithfully take what he's doing right now in my life and faithfully walk forward with what God is doing in my life right now. And so after this story, after this feeding of the 4,000, him and his disciples get in a boat, and they're on a journey and, 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 and they realise, the disciples soon realise that the journey's too long for the amount of food they've brought. They've only brought one loaf between, you know, 12 disciples and Jesus. There's only one loaf and it's like, we haven't brought enough bread. And so they're having this light discussion. We haven't brought enough bread. And Jesus kind of hears the discussion and tries to deflect it away from something because he's trying to get them to see something. And he talks about something called the yeast of the Pharisee. And he's talking about the yeast of the Pharisee and how people don't see. And the disciples like just completely don't get it because they say, he's talking about the bread. We should have brought more bread. And Jesus is like, no, I like seven loaves, 4,000. Five loaves, 5,000. Do you not get this? Do you not see? I, I love it. Actually, in, in Mark 8, 17 to 18, we see Jesus' uh, response to them, he says, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? And then he goes on to say, look, five loaves, 5,000, open your eyes. Seven loaves, 4,000, open your eyes. How many basketfuls did you collect after each one of these? Open your eyes. You see, for some of us, we've got to understand today that we can see, we're not quite blind, but we're not seeing as we should do. We're not seeing as, as God would want us to. We can be stuck between touches. We can be stuck between touches from God and we think that is all there is. We think this is life. I'm just going to see trees for the rest of my life. And God's going, no, I've got more for you. I've got greater for you. Like you don't have to stay stuck between touches. <laughs> the blind man, he, he starts seeing. Can you imagine, you know, like he's blind and then all of a sudden he can see something and he says, I see people, but they look like trees. And it's like, oh, wow. Like all this color is flooding into his eyes and his eyes are working as they... I, I had to look at how your eyes work and I'm not going to tell you because I can't remember off the top of my head. I need to write all that. But the colors are flooding in. And one of the things that I love the most is that actually our brain flips the image. So I, I'm actually, you know, without my brain, you're all upside down, uh, which is like so crazy. Anyway, I'm going to ask God why when I get to heaven. Like he's beginning to see for the very first time. 
He's beginning to see, but he's willing to be honest enough to say, I see people, but they still look like trees, Jesus. Like he's heard all the stories. They all know about Jesus. The stories have gone around. They all know about Jesus. They all know the miracles he's performed. And he's willing to be honest in that moment and go, yeah, but I see, but it looks like trees. It's not quite right, Jesus. It's not, it's not quite right. Uh, you see, but us, we would, we, sometimes we stop asking to see more. We stop asking to see more. We, 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 we stop in that moment and we think this is all it is. But God's going, no, 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 I've got more for you. Right, Hebrews. Um, well, Hebrews, there's like many different, um, you know, many different ideas of who wrote Hebrews. Some say Paul who wrote a, lo- a lot of the New Testament. But Hebrews is written, when you read it, it's like a sermon and it goes in hard. And, and uh, the right of Hebrews Uh, looks at this in Hebrews 6 and verse 1. I'm going to read it from the message translation. He says this, so come on, let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. It's like there's more for you. You don't have to live at this surface level of seeing trees. There's more to see. There's more for you. No longer do you have to do your finger painting. Now you can work on a grand piece of art. There's more. God has got more for each and every one of us. You see, I want more in my life. I want to see God do something special. I want to see God move in my life. Oh, come on, if you believe it today. Come on. If you want to see more... I want to see more. Uh, Paul, who does write? Corinthians writes in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 17. Uh, he says this in the NIV version. Uh, is it 2 Corinthians 10 verse 7? 17. You are judging by appearances. Sorry. Or in my version here, the NIV, it says, you are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he. We are just looking at the surface things. We're just looking at the surface. Actually, in the message, it says it great again. If the guys can put it up. You stare and stare at the obvious, but you can't see the forest for the trees. I just see trees. Now, there's a bigger picture. There's a forest to see. There's more for you to see. There's more of God for each and every one of us. Sometimes we're looking at the surface, but God has got more for us. We're looking and I just see trees, but God has got a whole forest for us to begin to see. A whole forest for each and every one of us. There's more revelation for us. There's more of God to uncover. Will we live just seeing trees? We get stuck at the spit. I told you you stay awake. Um, actually, um, it wasn't it wasn't as weird as we think it is in those days because um, in uh, in Jewish time they thought rabbis and Jesus was known as a rabbi, a teacher. Rabbis' uh, saliva had medicinal qualities, just like your mum's spit. You know, especially for cleaning, just clean it up. You know. You know, all of that. Sort your hair out. And sort your hair out. You know, you got your school photo today. <laughs> that, all of that. But, you know, like, you get a cut on your finger or you burn your finger. What do you do? You put it in your mouth. 
Like, you know, uh, I, heard, I heard once, like, um, to cure brain freeze, you press the top of your mouth or something. And it's, yeah, I've never tried it. Uh, my grandma actually used to have a, um, I want to call it a tissue, but a snot rag, really, up her sleeve. And, and like you were mucky, she would pull it out and she would spit on it and then give your face, oh, I want to have a shower right now. Oh, oh, right, the sermon ended, I need to go home. Oh, just remembering it. So it wasn't, wasn't you know, that weird because that's what they believed. Um, Jesus is using what people thought was the cure. Uh, how's that? You know, how's that working out for you? Because he's going, no, no, it's not these things that bring about the cure. It's the touch from God. It's the touch from God that'll bring about the cure. And uh, he, he's using this, but within all of this, he's opening the disciples' eyes. Because straight after this, they're, they're, they're traveling. And they're on a journey to another village. And Jesus asks the question, who do people say I am? Who do people say I am? What do they see? And some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say the prophets. They're seeing trees. But who do you say I am? Are your eyes open? Peter replies, you're the Messiah, you know. And, uh, you know, I've grown up in church. I'm what's known in the church industry as a PK, a pastor's kid. And uh, we have special prayer meetings for pastor's kids because we're messed up. And uh, it's nothing to do with the parents. Um, but um, I, like for ma- much of my young life, I lived out my mum and dad's faith and my mum and dad's revelation. But I had to get a revelation for myself because maybe I was just seeing trees, but there's more of God for me to see. There's more of God for me to experience. There's more of God. I want to encourage parents in this place. You got young people, get them in environments where they're going to see more. You know, like fight those battles so they can see God more, so they can be in places of faith to see God more. Why? Because it's their, their own faith and their own revelation that'll stand the test of time. Uh, 65% of young people that go to university or in church before university don't go to church while they're at university. Why is that? Because they've probably lived out of somebody else's faith. They've probably lived out of a parent's faith. Now get them in environments and that's not just young people. We can do the same. You know, the person next to me can be on fire and I can feel the heat, but I'm not on fire myself. There's more of God for each and every one of us. There's more of God for all of us. See who Jesus is for yourself. I don't want to just be saved, but I want to be sent as well. And I don't want to just live finger painting. No, I want this grand work of art to come alive. I want to begin to see what God has got for me because He wants me and He wants you to be moving forward in our lives. Don't get stuck at the first touch. Don't get stuck at spit. Don't get stuck at the first touch because otherwise we can end up becoming disillusioned, thinking this is it. This is all it is. This is all life is. And we can end up living jaded because we've become disillusioned. Is this all there is? We can become skeptical, skeptical of those who, who it seems God's doing more in their life. 
We can hear praise reports on stage and we can think, oh, God's doing it for them. And we can become sceptical about what God's doing rather than, no, 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 I'm going to give thanks for that miracle that I'm still believing for, but I'm going to believe and give thanks and celebrate with a person who's doing that. We can become sceptical or we can pretend we can see. We can fake it. Did you see that? And all we see is trees, but we go, yeah, yeah. God did something. You know, it's like we go away going, I didn't really see it. All I saw was an oak tree. That's the only tree I know. But faking it will lead to arrogance, can lead to legalism. And inside it's just brokenness. God wants us to ask him for more. God wants us to ask for more in our lives. He wants us to ask for the next touch. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray and we, many of us would know that. And he said, ask for daily bread. Don't just ask for bread once, ask for daily bread. You know, like that's provision, but also it's like, hey, I need new, new bread today because yesterday's bread is old and moldy and I need something new. I need a touch from God that is new today to bring me into my everyday. I need a touch from God that actually is going to propel me into what God has got for me. That old bread, it was good for yesterday, but I need new bread for today. I need something new. I need God to do something. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. You've got to, like, there's old and moldy, but no, no, I'm going to ask for the new, the next touch that God has got for me. It's the next touch. So there's a posture to receive the next touch and the team are going to come back and we're going to worship in a moment. But there's a posture to receive the next touch and find it in this story in Mark. Find it in this story for each and every one of us, something that we can all do. There's this posture and the first thing is this, Vulnerability. It was this honesty, this vulnerability. Um, like, I, I love this moment. There's great stories all, all across the Bible of people who brought friends before Jesus and saw miracles. There's a story actually in Mark. Mark records another story in Mark 2 where four guys bring a paralyzed man on a mat and um, they, they, they go to Jesus' house and Jesus having connect group, but because it's Jesus there, everyone wants to be there. And, uh, and so Jesus is also in our connect group, so everyone should want to be there. Anyway, shameless plug. And it's so full that they couldn't even get to the door, they couldn't even get to the windows, and so they have to climb up on the roof. They open the roof, and they lower the man down before Jesus. And he looks at the men and says, and your faith... He talks about the men and their faith. I think it's so powerful, but anyway, that's a whole different message. Um, But here it's again a group of friends who come before Jesus and they beg Jesus to heal the blind man. And I think it's so powerful what Jesus does. He leads the man out of the city by the hand. He grabs his hand. Like, you're blind. It doesn't matter what you've come with. He'll meet you where you are. He'll lead you by the hand into a great future. 
Like you can come with uh, what you feel are all your faults and all your wrongs and it'll lead you by the hand into a greater future, into healing and forgiveness. It'll bring about a great change. You might come with shame and guilt about maybe some past experiences, but He'll lead you by the hand into a shameless life that actually you can live shame-free in your life, that God has got more for you. There's a verse, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's a moment where Jesus leads us by the hand and He'll say, hey, I've got more for you. There's no condemnation. Whatever you may be facing, there's no condemnation. I'll lead you by the hand. No condemnation, no shame, no guilt. He'll lead you by the hand. It's so powerful. He'll take you by the hand. But the powerful moment in the vulnerability is not just because his friends come and beg and he brings about his problem. It was the moment between touches where he says, I see people, but they look like trees. Like I said earlier, I think if he'd have said, oh, I see for the first time, I think Jesus would have been willing to walk away. Why? Because he was teaching something, but he was also saying something to me and to you. There's another touch. There's a next touch. You don't have to live at the level you are. You don't have to just see this. There's more for you. There's greater for you. God has got greater for you, but it's going to require you to be honest and vulnerable. It's going to require you to take some masks off. It's going to require you to not do the wife thing and say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nathan, I'm fine. Debbie goes like Batman. Rachel. After the 23rd time, I'm fine. Are you really fine? No. Hallelujah. Maybe we have to remove the mask. She'll get me back one day. <laughs> we have to be vulnerable enough to say, God, I see something, but it just looks like trees. I want to see more. I want to see more of your goodness. I want to see more of your grace. I want to see more of your healing. I want to see more of you, God, at work in my friends and my family. I want to see more at work in my life. I need another touch. I need the next touch. I need the next touch. I'm not going to get stuck between touches. I need the next touch of God in my life. But we have to come and be vulnerable. The second thing is we have to come and we have to have a determination. A determination that says, I want another touch. I want God to break through. I want another touch. <laughs> All over the Bible, there's stories. I love the story of Elijah and uh, Elisha taking on uh, Elijah's mantle. And in that moment, Elijah is taken and uh, Elisha stood there uh, actually before this. And he says to Elijah, I'll do it, but I want a double portion. I want a double portion. Like we're, we're, we, you know, for many of us in this room, we're British, okay? And we're thinking, you cheeky so-and-so. Asking for a double put. No, God loves it. God's into it. God's like, yeah, ask me for a double portion. Ask me for more. Ask me for another touch of heaven. Ask me for another touch in my life. I'll give you, you know, recorded, you know, Elijah did so many miracles. Elisha did two times more. 
a double portion. He saw twice the amount of miracles. Why? Because he's willing to go, I need another touch. I need a double portion. There's another moment where, you know, there's somebody else wrestling with God, wrestling with God, not willing to give up with God, wrestling with Him and says, hey, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Be like, oh, if you don't, if you don't want to, it's all right. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for another touch. I'm gonna ask for the next touch in my life. I'm gonna believe. It's a great story around prayer. Jesus talks about prayer. I love this, and it's called the persistent widow. And he's talking about prayer, and he says, hey, she comes and she's a widow. She comes to a courthouse. She comes before a judge, and she's looking for justice. And she comes and she knocks. She's there and she asks for justice and the judge goes, no, clear off. So she comes the second day. She's there, she asks for justice. The judge says, no. I imagine the judge went home after the second day going, she's got it now. She's got the picture. Like she understands when, when I say no, no means no. Some of you parents have said that. When I say no, no means no. 10 minutes later, they're back on the PlayStation. Anyway. She comes again and again and again. I imagine after like five days, the judge is going home, full bottle of red wine, like she's going to be there again tomorrow. She gets justice. It's a determination. I need another touch, God. I need you to move in my life again. I don't want to get stuck between the touches. I need another touch from God. I'm willing to wrestle. Some of us haven't done this, Matthew 7 and verse 7. We haven't even started. It says this, ask, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For some of us, we've got stuck between the first touch of God and the second touch or the next touch because we've not asked, we've not seeked and we've not begun to knock on some doors and begin to go, God, I need another touch in my life. I need the next touch in my life. So I wanna give us an opportunity this morning or afternoon as it is now to receive the next touch to come before God, vulnerable, going, God, maybe I'm not fine. I need another touch from you. I need to know your grace and your spirit. Or today it might be, I've laid down some things that I wanted, but I'm going to pick them back up and I'm going to start knocking on that door. I'm going to start knocking and I'm going to determine today, God, I need another touch from you. I need another touch from you. So come on, all across this place, why don't we stand? I'm believing today for a touch of God, a touch of heaven in this room, a touch of heaven. Come on, if you need another touch from God, why don't you raise your hands in this place as I pray and then we'll worship. Jesus, you see every hand raised, you see every life and I pray heaven come, heaven move. I declare a touch of God in this place. Holy Spirit move in people's hearts and people's lives. God, as we put ourselves before you, not declaring we're fine, but we remove the mask and we decide today we need a touch from you. I declare today that we won't see trees, but we'll see people. We'll see what you want to see. We'll see a forest. We'll see the bigger picture. We'll see everything. I declare today as we come and we keep knocking, and 
we determine, God, I need another touch from You. I need a touch from God, a touch from heaven, that actually in this place there will be a touch from God, that we won't be stuck between touches. But today, God, there would be a revelation and a revealing of what You have. And so we say, Holy Spirit, come. Move in this place. Move in our hearts. Move in our lives. We declare heaven in this place. Heaven, come to earth in this place. Heaven, be in this place. Touch of God. Touch of God. Receive that touch. Receive that touch. Receive His touch. Come on, let's sing. Don't stay out of this moment of worship, but receive His touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.